Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Beth Crane of We Fix Space Junk. Now, as you may be able to hear in my voice, um, I've got a bit of a blocked up nose because I've been suffering terribly with hay fever today because my body hates me for some reason. Um, but regardless of that, if you tuned in last week, obviously you'll have heard part one with Beth Crane. If this is the first time tuning into Genuine Chit Chat, you know, I have some longer chats with people that I generally split into two just because I like to have, generally speaking, uh, the runtime being about an hour or so per episode per week. So... If you haven't listened to part one, be sure to go check that out. You know, it should just be wherever you're listening to this, you know, be it Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, any of the usual podcatcher places, it should just be the one before this one. If you haven't listened to part one and you want to go ahead with part two anyway, then I'm not going to stop you, so please proceed. In this chat, as well as talking about WeFix Space Junk in general, we talk about a great many things, but just to highlight a couple will be the future of WeFix Space Junk, some of the things that Beth and Headley are going to be working on for WeFix Space Junk, so there's also there's a board game mentioned, there's other merchandise and things. Um, they talk about sort of why being positive is so important, as well as how collaboration is essential for podcasters. They talk about the law and general universe of We Fix Space Junk. Um, they talk about Beth's favourite author. L- loads of other things. If you're a fan of We Fix Space Junk, the show itself, or you're more interested in Beth or Headley's sort of lives, you know, it's a great one to check out. Also, if you're new to the show, you may not know that on episode number 40 of Genuine Chit Chat, and this one's obviously 61, um, in, in number 40, I spoke with Headley without Beth being there. Um, not because we don't like Beth or anything, but she was busy doing other stuff. So if you listen to episode 40, that's more talking about sort of series one of We Fix Space Junk and the more sound engineering sort of side of things. Whereas this one, as Beth is the writer of We Fix Space Junk, is more of sort of the script writing side and after season two and Marilyn's Diary and things. So, you know, be sure to check out both parts if you can't get enough of we fix space junk before the chat gets started there's a quick promo from the confessions of retail all the tea um so if you like them i've included a link in the description be sure to go check those guys out that's more or less it from me guys um i will just say there is a we fix space junk novella out um i believe we speak about it in this part of the chat it's called the intern um so if you want even more sort of lore and info onto the we fix space junk universe then i've included a link in the description to the amazon listing of it but i believe it's on all the usual ebook readers and places like that or you can go on battlebird.productions to find out more Anyway, guys, thanks as always for tuning in. I'll stop rambling on and talking now. Um, the main chat will begin, obviously, after the promo and after the little intro tuny thing. And then I'll be back at the end for a bit more information on things as well as what's coming up in the show. So as always, guys, you know, I appreciate each and every one of you listening, reviewing, liking, any of those things. And I'll talk to you at the end. Oh, hi. Didn't hear you there. This is Amy. And Lexi. And we're coming at you from Confessions of Retail. All the tea. If you're a retail employee like us, then you know that there are some crazy, off-the-wall things that happen in your line of work. Join us every Wednesday while we spill all this hot confessional tea on the line of work known as retail. Everything from our own experiences to listener-submitted stories. And let me tell you, there are some crazy things that happen that even we can hardly believe. I know, right? We've had some crazy stories sent in to us. We sure have. Do you have someone trying to bathe in your parking lot? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had the cheeriest leprechaun walk in while you were cheech and chonging it in the parking lot? Have you ever dealt with a crazy Karen or Carl? Do you ever have somebody try and return a completely drank bottle of wine 
These are stories that we will bring to you in our podcast every Wednesday. And if you want to hear those stories and more, tune in and subscribe to us. You can find us on any major podcast directory. You can join us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. And if you have hot tea to spill, you can send it our way to confessionsofretailallthetea at gmail.com. We will see you in the confessional booth. And remember, every Wednesday. Alrighty. Bye. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. What's the sort of, not only the ideal goal for WeFix Space Junk and in general you're kind of progressing in life, but would you also want to venture into other things with voice acting or anything else? It's yeah, quite a big I, mean, question, I, so. I really like voice acting. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. I want to kind of get into more of that at the moment. Mm. I think there is a lot of talk in the audio drama community about podcasts moving across to being animations, mm-hmm. which I think... Space Junk would work really nicely with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, a couple have been made into TV, live-action TV shows like Homecoming yeah, and yeah. Sandra. Yeah. I feel like your genre, from my just from my point of view, would work really well in animated mm, in yeah, like yeah. First Final Space, there's Rick and Morty, there's yeah. those sort of style, which is... They, they've got their, they've got this whole open universe and mm. the, the col- obviously with cartoon animated, you've got so much more freedom to do mm. anything. And it's also kind of... It, I mean, it just, you can let your imagination work better. Mm, exactly. Um, You're not limited yeah. in the same way. Yeah. And also, I could be in it rather than <laughs> being too nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, it's, I feel there's not only a lot more freedom with it, but it's also, you know, with, especially with sci fi stuff, you know, like, I mean, a lot of, if I use Star Wars as an example, you know, a lot of Star Wars is done incredibly well mm. and is hailed. But for example, the prequels, there's a bit too much CGI that wasn't done in yeah. a great way. And there's so much judgment. When it's all, I reckon Morty, no one ever watches Rick and Morty and goes, I don't like the way that that crazy giant massive creature thing is animated because yeah. it's within the realms of it. There's yeah. no, there's no worry about CGI being really ridiculous. And yeah, and we've, we've had some amazing fan art as well. Yeah. Um, there's been some really gorgeous stuff by a few different, um, artists who've sent us some things, which just makes me think so much about that kind of thing. Mm. But obviously it's hard to pitch a show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that would be, what's good about your show, um, instead of if you say started and you want to try to pitch that is, I think me and Hedley briefly touched on this was, if you went to Netflix with your idea of WeFix Space Junk, they, if, say, for example, they took it, they said yes, um, and you hadn't made any WeFix Space Junk, they'd probably tweak it and change it, mm. and eventually it, it may not be what you envisioned in the first place. Then it yeah. may fail because of that. But because you've already started, you've yeah. got exactly how you like it. If it got converted to um TV show especially because the audio especially with obviously Headley sound engineering as well it would be so easy to add visuals to it mm. without having to change probably almost yeah, anything they probably about want it. to be, want it to be a more standard length because at the moment we've got episodes between 8 minutes and 35 minutes yeah and yeah. It's, sometimes with very little explanation as to why mm. but i mean that would be very cool i'm also i'm working on an idea for a new podcast mm. which would definitely not be replacing space junk in any way but yeah. it's kind of it's a script that i'm developing which is another one that i started writing at uni nice um, nice called london borough of sticks uh which is bangsian sticks with a y in it yes s t y x 
Okay. Um, it's about the afterlife. I was going to say because the river sticks. That's is that uh, Greek mythology or is that a lot uh, of yeah, mythology? Yeah, yeah, because that's the is that the river that goes to the underworld? Yeah, yeah. And it's it started it. Uh, from there's a John Kendrick's Bangs book uh, called A Houseboat on the River Sticks, right? Which is about a bunch of ghosts building like a leisure club on a boat. Okay, it's like um, a gentleman's club for men of history. Yes. Kind of oh wow. Um, and it's very, it's very silly. It doesn't really do it, but it's kind of started with that as an idea, and then it kind of spread out. And as things, as things do, they take on their own form mm. um, and kind of their own internal mythology. Nice. Um, and yeah, I just, I kind of just started revisiting that, having another look at the way I'd written it to make it work more coherently and mm. actually say things because obviously I like to. I, for all for all that I like to do a lot of comedy, I also like to make statements. Mm. Um, for example, about the whole Automicon student loans thing. Yeah. Um, so kind of statements about your wider impact on the world. Mm, yeah. Um, like the changes you make to other people, the changes that you make to the world that you don't realize you make. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the butterfly effect in a yeah s- some way. But like like more more specifically, for example, kind of. Attacking someone on Twitter, yeah, and how that can really fuck someone's day up, yeah. Like it's it's not it's a thing that bored teenagers do, mm. um, or just to show off, basically, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. And if well, yeah. The, the, the however many time that's happened that day to that person, it yeah, could yeah, we, more than just no day. There's, yeah. there's so many things online that I've seen of people say, you know, oh, um, I was having a horrendous day, but then someone just told me I looked nice, or yeah. I'd ran out. Oh, uh, Megan, there's a thing of you were at when you're in America and you bought that ticket for someone. Oh yeah, I was I was queuing up outside of the discount ticket store in Times Square in New yeah. York for on the day tickets because I wanted to go and see Chicago. Um, and we've been queuing up for like an hour, an hour and a half. And yeah. this girl in front of me, who's from Australia, her card got declined because uh, she was in front of the queue. Yeah. And she was like, I don't understand why it's not working. It literally was working earlier today. Um, and I was like, if there's an ATM machine like near here, I'll just pay for your ticket. Yeah. And then you can give me the money back. Because like she'd been waiting there for like over an hour. Yeah. Her boyfriend was like at least half an hour away from where she was. Um, so yeah, I paid for the tickets. And then the guy behind the like desk was like are you joking and i was like no just paid for these tickets that came to like 200 dollars for yeah. her and then yeah we went to a an atm she got the cash out gave it to me and then we went for coffee and started talking for like the next couple of hours yeah it was really nice your friends on facebook she said if yeah, you ever go yeah, down yeah, to australia we're now, yeah, yeah we're now friends on facebook and she said that if i ever go to melbourne and australia to hit her up and then we can hang out and oh, vice versa that's just, lovely. just nice little things like that that mm. they can really like it, obviously her day went really well because of that this this other girl but if you think of it like if Megan hadn't done that and no one else did then maybe her and her boyfriend she'd have to go okay I'll just get to the back of the queue and then maybe she wouldn't be able to go see the play they wanted to see mm. and then even something as small as that can be ripple effect and you get so many people saying you know if you had a really I've got quite a few friends who struggle with mental illness and mm. depression and things and they say all it takes is one cashier or one stranger to say to you you look really nice today or I love yeah. your hair or I love this and that can change it in such a positive way. Mm. And I know from experience, and I don't, or I haven't suffered with uh, any mental health issues. Um, so, but even I've had like a day where fairly neutral day, and then just one person's kind of a dick or kind of shitty, and then it just puts me in a horrible mm. mood. And then maybe I'm a bit more short with my friends, and then it just it adds and adds and adds. If you just have that all the time, it's just mm. it's not that hard to be nice to people. Yeah, there's a, there's a scene in Good Omens about that because. Uh, Good Omens, the book by Terry Pratchett. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Where they have these telemarketers Mm. 
who basically they ruin everyone's day. Yeah. Because it's just the sheer sort of thing on thing on thing. Like making someone get out the bath, mm. making someone uh like late for something because you ring them up and they go back for it. Mm. Things like that. And all these little things that just make the day just that little bit worse. Yeah. Um and yeah, the fact that they were invented by the devil, um, which I think pretty legit. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, people under people under and overestimate their own impact in the world mm. in a lot of the wrong ways. You know, some people think they're so important and grandiose that they're better than everyone, which is annoying. Mm. And other people don't value how much one can do to improve someone's day as well. Or yeah. obviously, yeah, as you said, how someone can mess up someone's day by being rude to them and things. Mm. So that whole idea of it is really nice. You know, you give off, I I don't believe in explicit karma in the sense of it actually is a physical being, but a physical thing. But like, you know, I feel like if I'm nicer to people in general, I generally feel better and everyone around me feels better. And it's just kind of an add on effect, isn't it? Yeah. It's partly that thing about, um, when you smile, it makes you, even if it's a fake smile, you kind of start being slightly happier. Mm. Uh, except if you're really not in a good place. I've, yeah. I've had a few things where I've been in a very bad place and then I smile and then burst into tears. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, that didn't work. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree um, in that sort of sense. That's. Uh, I think that's cool. something that Space Junk's been able to do is mm. just be that happy thing in someone's day. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Even though sometimes it can get really dark and creepy and yeah. occasionally sad. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, um, episode five. Saddest episode of the season. Is that the one where Kilna meets her friend in that planet? Yeah. Yeah, that was... I remember after that episode, me uh, me and Megan listened to the car whenever we go on drives, and that episode finished. I won't spoil it for anyone, but the episode finished, and we were just like, wow, (laughs) that was a brilliant episode. Sorry, Jesus, I love it, though. I love shows that are dark because in some ways because it's juxtaposition isn't it if you're just a light show all the time all that ever happens is the, the happiness and joy becomes neutral yeah and then it's just like a flat yeah uh, but when you have like highs and lows the lows have a lot more mm. weight to them which makes it a lot more impactful yeah so I think you did that episode masterfully i'm going to be doing a, a little prequel episode in our next mini series which mm. is just sort of penny's day-to-day life yeah because i like penny and also emily stride who plays her is just amazing yeah She's really lovely oh so that's so that's what the next uh, mini series is going to be about you say oh we're going to do a lot of cameo or not cameos like short stories yeah short stories so uh, is that involving certain characters have already been in we've yeah, experienced just a lot of the side up. characters mm. um just kind of looking at their lives either before or after the episode that they're in oh nice just kind of just a bit of fun really just kind of it's nice to have little callbacks and stuff and then yeah. there's there's a little bit of a plot running through it um with some of the characters but just gonna have to wait and see nice yeah. have, have you met <laughs> I was so, I'm so angry at the end of series like two because it ended on such a cliffhanger which obviously I understand why but I literally yelled out in the car and was like what yeah. <laughs> and now there's a, there's a mini like, series b- between that and series season three as like, well I was like I'm fuming I was like, I'm so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's we, we obviously love your show so it's yeah. um, always great to be able to chat about it with um with the mini series have you mentioned anywhere online about that uh, the, the upcoming mini series we haven't yet basically just because we put a lot of ourselves into it over the last few months and we've been kind of stepping back and taking a little bit of a break because it was taking quite a big toll mm. on us uh, physically we've been and mentally trying to. we then did two christmas episodes yeah. and a live episode yeah. <laughs> i mean the thing is it's we love the show yeah and it's very hard to walk away from it for any mm. long period of time because it's just always kind of there ticking on in my head yeah yeah um 
But yeah, I think we've we've kind of we've been holding off on having a release date for the episodes. We kind of want to have it slightly more ordered next mm. time. So actually having the show at like 95% completion before releasing the series yeah, yeah. rather than 10%, which is kind of what happened with some of season two. <laughs> so that's, it's like the difference between the American and the English way of releasing TV shows, mm. isn't it? Because English is like, we finish it, it's done, it's ready. Series two has almost started filming when yeah. series one airs. Whereas America, it's like, well, you've got three episodes finished, let's just start airing them and you can start doing the other ones. And it's like, well, if there's some sort of big accident on set, you have to delay by, by loads. And, yeah. And week on week. Yeah. yeah. It's just like even House, by the end of that, they were, it was multi-millions. And I remember an interview with uh, the woman who plays Lisa Cuddy saying... Um, like yeah, that the money gets bigger, the budget gets bigger, but the time doesn't. Yeah, it's still a week. Yeah, yeah, it's still a week, and you're trying to achieve more in that week. Yeah, I mean, if we if we had more money and more budget, that would be excellent. Uh, because... <laughs> in, in Patreon supporters, <laughs> yeah, our well, Patreon supporters are amazing. Just, it's kept yeah. us afloat. Yeah, really has because it's surprising how much you end up spending mm. on the show. Yeah, mm, I can imagine. I mean, with my show, which is obviously a lot less demanding not only because it's just me but you know even it's a, it's a labor of love but just hosting on podbean that's you know i think 10 15 quid a month that's that's already just you know a year that's 180 quid but that's yeah. not even anything else that's not including the equipment i've got driving to people's places and if i could for example i haven't even got patreon or anything i haven't set that up yet i'm going to at some point but like if i had that I had the money, if I somehow made enough money so it was like almost a job or something, mm. then with my podcast, for example, I'd be able to just travel around England all yeah. the time. Like There's so many guests that I'm going to speak to on Skype who are in England. Some of them are in Yorkshire, some of them are further up north, and it would take like six hours to drive to them. Mm. And so I'd rather speak to them in person and mm. stuff than do it over Skype. I find it's usually a better conversation. But yeah. I can't warrant spending 12 hours purely of driving and the fuel cost to go chat to one guest for an hour. Yeah. But if I had the money and the time, I would just be like yeah if it's just my job i'd love to do it just drive all over england chatting with whoever yeah i mean we're also we're incredibly fortunate in that we're basically we're in a situation at the moment where me having a very low income is fine Mm. um and we've both got quite a sporadic income i work freelance as a writer Mm. um and an editor as well so kind of i've got just bits of bits and pieces of work coming in sometimes clients pay very very late Mm. but just kind of we're in a relatively stable uh, living situation, whereas obviously that is not, that is an incredible privilege that mm. we have. Yeah. Um, and it's not a thing that everyone else has. And it's kind of, we also had a lot of the costs when we were setting up were met mm. in that we didn't need to buy microphones or anything because Headley already had them. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. I was quite fortunate as well because as uh, this mic here, which you can't quite see, it's got a P on it out of studs. I'll move it. I did. Okay. I did notice the. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's yeah. not me doing P for podcasting. That's uh, my my cousin who the the dog walker. Her girlfriend Paige. Uh, this is her mic. Okay. And when I started doing the podcast, um, I was trying to online so many things say about you know you can't have USB mics. They never sound good enough. Or you can't have this mic. And you can't have that mic. Or you need this mic. And it was I was looking at the costings and for like an XLR mic or two plus an audio mixer. You know, that's looking at 200 quid bare minimum, yeah. you know. And I was just like, well, that's a lot plus mic stands. I know pop shields aren't very expensive, cables, but I it mean, all just kind of add up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I was very fortunate where this one was lent to me and I've got a spare over there, yeah. which is a sister version of the mic. These are one CUs or something, and that's like a one OCU or something. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate that my friend lent me that one and, and my other and Paige lent me this one. So I didn't really, and she lent me this mic stand. Mm. So it was like, I already had quite a few things to get going and that yeah. really helped boost me. So I can really understand, especially on your part, where 
audio quality with my thing is important, but it's not the same as an audio drama. Yeah. Like audio drama, wrong quality can completely take you out. Whereas mine would just, if mine was really bad quality, maybe a few audio files wouldn't listen. But it, it's a very different dynamic, so yeah. I can totally get that. And it's great that with Patreon that you're getting you're getting that sort of boost, and it's probably quite motivating as well. I'd say. Yeah, well, I think Patreon is also part of the reason that we can go to Pod UK. Mm. Um, yeah, because it, it costs yeah. money to get our actors. There yeah, we, we're bringing our actors up, and we kind of trying to do food and yeah. accommodation. Yeah, um, um, I think because because it, it's a fan convention, they're not going to be making a huge amount of money. There's yeah. sort of there's different levels of payback depending on how much money they make as right. a thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's it's partly a thing we're doing for fun. Cause it's nice yeah. to do nice to do a fun show. <laughs> and meet people as well. And yeah, meet people. Uh, yeah, meet our fans. Uh, we've got some fun merch coming up for it as well. Nice. I was actually going to, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I either dreamt it or maybe I was daydreaming or something, but I just thought of that and I can see you've got the little the rockets over there. Ah, yes. I just thought of the best thing for you guys ever if it happened would be a pop vinyl. Um, you know, the little Funko Pop yeah. figure things, but of the, the, the yellow submarine. Oh, that'd be good. Cause I can just imagine that and it's got like a thing and a little like view hole and you could see maybe just silhouettes of something. Yeah. And then you, it's got like, I could just imagine basically that over mm. there being that. And I was just thinking, so if that, if I walked into Forbidden Planet one day and there's one of them, I would just be so happy. I'd just buy it straight away. Yeah. I wouldn't even, even though I know you guys and things, I'll be like, no, I'm buying one full price. I'd love to have one of them. So yeah. you should do that. Get big, get big enough so you can release a, a podcast pop vinyl. Yeah, be yeah awesome. we've got we've got badges and things, which is fun. Uh, yeah. And I made some earrings for myself because I wanted to wear little space junk earrings. That's amazing. So they're just little yellow subs with uh, the uh, spanner on them. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah. If you could create like any merch, like obviously there's the the t-shirt there, which one of your um, oh, yes. actors is going to be wearing during the live show, if I was correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold it up to the mic. It's, yeah, I'll yeah. hold it up to the mic so you can hear it. <laughs> so all of us can hear that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a Your Milk is Too Warm t-shirt. Nice. With a fridge on it, with like Scrabble letters. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, we've we've got sort of, we've got a lot of t-shirts online, which is mm. pretty fun. Um, we've got the laser cut badges that I make myself. Mm. Uh, we've got some stickers and some patches coming. Nice. Which is good. Um, yeah. We really wanted to do like an LP, like a vinyl record. Mm. Nice. But, um, they're expensive to produce. Yeah, well, where, where I used to work in uh, cassette and CD production, um, one of our specialities was making it look retro, and we had like CDs that look like vinyl CDs, so they've yeah. got like grooves and everything oh, on them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people wanted to do this pack of like getting loads of CDs and also vinyls, and we looked into it, and even as us as a sort of manufacturer, the best we could get direct from suppliers was like, it's like 200 pound, uh, so 200 quantity, and they would each be worth for us to produce bare minimum of like eight, nine quid each. Mm. And that's, and I think the wait time was like months and months because there's not that many places that produce vinyl anymore. Yeah. So if, if you want to make them on, like, obviously if you had Patreon, uh, supporters wanting them or you'd have to work out a pre-order system or something because yeah. they can be, we looked into it quite a lot, but to my knowledge, they're still not doing it because it's I, so I expensive. think it has to be, I think the only way we worked out it could work is if we did it for, say, the upcoming Automicon album mm-hmm. and did it as a Kickstarter. Mm. Yeah. And said, Obviously, the, the album would go ahead for patrons. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a separate one to say. And uh, the same with the Automicon, the intern, the book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm writing so the first of a three book series. Nice. Yeah. I think um, Headley briefly spoke about that um, yeah. last time. It was because I, I said about, he, I think he mentioned the premise to me. Um, and then I said, 
there was that episode, what was it? There's those sort of post-credit uh, scenes in series one mm. uh, with, I think, Miss Lamb. And there was an intern talking to her in that part. And I mentioned, I was like, oh, it might be like that sort of thing. Where yeah. These little subtleties where they kind of, they have their own sort of goings on, but you can see kind of maybe what happens in We Fix Space Junk, certain events, and it can link in with that. Yeah, there's quite a... There's a lot of different things going on in the background, mm. which is fun. And we've also, I mean, I also, I like making things and designing things. There's there's like, we're currently vaguely working on making a space junk board game. Oh, wow. Because you are doing everything. <laughs> it's madness. It's amazing. I, I spend all my time on this because <laughs> I love it. I really, I love making this show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've kind of got a space junk board game, which we were thinking of doing for Pod UK, but probably won't have time to get it done in time. But mm. we're kind of we're working on that because obviously we can laser cut so we can make all the pieces. Yeah. Um, and I made an amazing laser cut uh, board game for a friend last year yeah, uh, that we're going to kind of uh probably base it on a little bit which mm. i'll send you some pictures of it yeah mad i'd love to see it yeah because yeah. i know you guys are obviously people can't see but uh you've got D D stuff as well dungeons yes. and dragons things so. yeah, yeah i've been making uh just made a dm screen for a friend yeah um got a dice jail dice tower lots of different things she doesn't know yet but she will by the time this comes yes, out yes yeah. <laughs> she's getting it tonight oh uh, so. yes yeah. yeah yeah this definitely won't be released today this is yeah. going to be released probably mid-feb or something cool. but yes yeah, yeah. so you've got some time uh but yeah i mean board games you are really putting your finger in every pie in a sense but what people have said a lot of the time with um, i know you're not doing it exclusively for this reason you're doing it because it's a passion project mm. but a lot of people online whenever people ask in podcasting groups to go how does in podcast make money you know how do we do this mm. and everyone just says you won't necessarily, unless you're Ridixie's organic, make money from the podcast. Yeah. What will happen is you'll have a brand or so, that sort of thing, mm. and you'll have you'll be able to add things to the brand, or you'll be able to start other projects with yeah. the brand connect to your name, which will boost you up. Yeah, and so things like you know, and I think it's, it's, it's kind of insane for most people to go into podcasting for money. Mm. Like if if you're a pre-established name, like for example, Richard Herring. Yeah, yeah. Richard Herring makes money from podcasting because, I mean, he's Richard Herring. He's been doing radio for 20 odd years yeah and he, and knows, he knows all the people yeah he knows what he's doing he's kind of very much on it but if it, if i had sort of gone mm, i'm gonna make this show so that i'm financially successful <laughs> like the amount of hours we've put into this mm. like every episode is about 60 hours work yeah yeah which is like and it's work we love doing but if it was something that we'd gone into expecting to make even like minimum wage we would be sorely disappointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, people say that to me as well. Whenever I tell them that I do a podcast and they ask, oh, how, how much time does it take? What do you do? And I say, you know, basically every Sunday, a few hours on a Sunday in the week, you know, I have to promote it and do other things yeah. in social media, which is dull and email other people to see who wants to be a guest and stuff. Because obviously my show is all about different, getting different guests. Yeah. But it's just like people say, oh, do you make any money off it? It's like, no. And that could you? It's like, maybe like yeah. i say maybe if i'm doing this for like i've been doing it for a year i was like maybe if i do it for 10 years and i have like a patreon at the end of it yeah. if i but don't like a lot else. of bands i mean even before streaming became a thing mm. when i was more into the music scene um and even then when people were still downloading things and buying things on itunes people were saying that like if you want to make money as a band you're going to make it in t-shirts yeah like you're like a seat like a a stream is like 3p mm. a single from iTunes you probably only get like 10p if you sell a disc in HMV you maybe get a pound mm. if you sell a disc on the night of your gig maybe you make 3 pounds yeah t-shirt you could make 5 pounds yeah so you're actually going to make and like 
again, things like vinyls and yeah, badges. You can afford to say things like, yeah, the, this vinyl is going to be 30 quid or this badge is going to be five pounds. So then you actually say, oh, wow, yeah, that is actually an income. And I that, think multiple yeah. revenue streams is always the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's just, it is a reflection of the fact that I like making things. Yeah. I, I like, I had a couple of years of doing jobs that were incredibly soul crushing completely uncreative and just destroyed me mm. um to the point that Headley had to kind of nudge me to quit because i was not well mm. um and then coming out of that and going into something where i can just make stuff all the time uh money's money's shaky but like at the same time i'm not spending loads of money on takeaway because i'm treating myself because i'm miserable mm. kind mm. of thing i'm not i'm not going to the staff canteen multiple times a day and getting like eight cakes mm. because I have no other way to express frustration. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think neither of us had really made anything creative for mm. years. Yeah. So it's now it's kind of like all coming out at once. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, and it is amazing. You know, I always uh, sing praises of your show, but that's one reason I love it is because you guys are such awesome people and also the show's amazing. So it's yeah. just, it works really well. You know, if I came over and you guys were just like self-conflating yeah. assholes, just like, yeah, so our show is so amazing because we're better than everyone. We're and, wonderful. Yeah. And also everyone should give us money so we can buy a mansion. Because <laughs> we deserve it because we're better than all you peasants because you can't create things like we can yeah it's nice that you're not like that <laughs> but it would be quite funny it'd be very entertaining yeah it was weird that we had to delete the first take where we did that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, i'm trying to be all subtle with it and we all know it was just here. all the noises of our monocles just falling <laughs> <laughs> and the little pinky fingers going in the air every yeah. time you drink but yeah that's the thing is like it's audio drama is a community mm. um and we all kind of want everyone to find new things and enjoy each other's work mm. and like, we, we managed to do we had a an audio a british audio drama christmas dinner okay cool. uh in december which was really nice just kind of it wasn't everyone but it was kind of a lot of different shows um just all getting together in a room having a meal chilling out having some drinks yeah yeah and just enjoying ourselves yeah, it's all yeah. about just trying to like lift each other up instead mm. of Stepping on people to try and get home. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, um, cause I listened to the, the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, probably the, probably the biggest podcast in the world, I'd say, or one of them. Mm. And he, they also quite comedians and they're always saying, you know, you get comedians who have that, um, what's it called? Um, starvation mentality. No, uh, when there's not enough food, what's that called? Famine, a mm. famine uh, mentality. Yeah, terrible. Uh, it's like, no one with audio dramas it's like you can listen to loads of audio dramas that doesn't mean you're not listening to other ones mm. and that's the whole thing and it's like if you're competitive with others and you do want to push people down yeah. the collaboration aspect won't be there and collaboration is key for basically any of the new mediums yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why not only because of the internet and a lot of the the cost associated with it is lesser than TV and whatever and other media but like the, the new age of media is overtaking a lot of the mainstream media at the moment because of especially sort of our sort of generation things is realizing collaboration over competition mm. is great in a lot of ways. It's yeah. good to be healthily competitive. Like all these guys are successful. What my show isn't, how can I adjust my show, improve it? What am I doing to help? But you can reach out the helping hand and say, can someone give me some advice yeah. rather than everyone being like, no, screw you. You know, you get big. We can't. It's, yeah. it's, it's, bad. I mean, it's not yeah. exclusive. And especially with Radio Jam, because, um, you know, it ends. The season ends. You mm. go, you want to listen to something else. Yeah. So it, we have no qualms about anyone listening to yeah. other things, and I'll listen to multiple things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, I've got so many podcasts on the go at the moment. Yeah, and they're all they're all different. And yeah, the quickest way to 
to fail, I think, uh, in the audio drama community is to be aggressive or rude to anyone. Mm. It really just, you got to be nice. Yeah, you got to be nice to make. Lost your yeah. only real marketing tool, which is other people's word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, with the uh, oversaturation in the market, although it births a lot of fantastic ideas, it means that one has to stand out more in their mm. own right. And if you're trying to stand out without anyone else helping you, it's a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like I found with my podcast as well is my podcast. I I would basically be unable to do it if I didn't collaborate because yeah. mine is purely the guests it's mm. you know i just kind of fuddle f- fumble about and chat with people who are more interesting than me and release it whereas if i was just like had this idea that i'm better than everyone or if i didn't want to help other podcasters no mm. one in the community is going to want to help and yeah it's also not it's also not fun just, yeah. i found being miserable when i was I younger i just oh. that's the thing i really love interacting with everyone mm. that's, it's just kind of they're they're my friends exactly and helping each other helping other people it's really nice when like i try when i'm on uh, twitter and things to to you know, tag other podcasters I like when people asking for recommendations mm. to get other people involved yeah. and if like, I've got a friend of mine um, they've done a pod they've been doing a podcast for a while their logo was to be fair quite rubbish because mm. he just said he threw something together on paint they've yeah. been going like over a year now and I've I can do graphic design because um, mm. I worked in graphic design for several years. So I just said to him, oh, I'll just create a new logo for you if you want. And I just yeah. did that because it's quite fun for me to do. And it's nice to see, uh, I like seeing people help each other. And yeah. that's not just podcasting. It's oh, just a more fruitful yeah. life. One, you find that as, well, I found as I've gotten older, it's just the more I help other people, the more happier I am mm. and the more everyone else is happy. So it's yeah. like, we should all just do it more. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just like, I like putting good out there which sounds quite pretentious but it's, kind of, <laughs> it's like putting a i was very miserable when i was younger i mm. had depression up to the eyeballs etc and mm. kind of just putting a very negative attitude out into the world is not helpful for mm. me i mean everyone copes with mental illness in different ways and stuff but i was just incredibly negative and that just it was not a good way for me to be yeah like it wasn't healthy Mm. um and now just kind of being as positive as possible not ignoring bad things yeah not unrealistic not naive but trying to be more optimistic more leaning on that side yeah Yeah, well that's a good way of having it and i find it kind of works in negative and positive feedback loops as well i find Mm. like when i when i was younger i used to be a lot more negative about a lot more things and i'd be like if i'm more negative it makes other people more negative then it makes whatever experience generally worse which Mm. re uh i can't remember the word i've lost it but um it reaffirms the whole negativity. It makes it worse and reestablishes it. And it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And obviously when, you know, mental illness is involved or other factors, mm. it's not always e- as easy as just yeah. flicking a switch. But when once you can try that uphill push from being in a negative place to a positive, yeah. when you're more positive to people, it's easier then to be more positive to people because mm. people are more positive to you. And it just kind of, it does eventually work out. Yeah. So it's really good hearing that you've uh, sort of got that. And, having a creative project behind you uh, is always really good for the mind as mm, well. It, it's, yeah. it's great keeping busy. Like I found that board, was it uh boredom is, uh, the boredom is a killer. <laughs> well, yeah, it's that, that's it. And it's just, if you get bored of things, you, I, when I get bored, I just can't, I, I'm not as happy. I, it's, yeah, it's, you sort of crash and burn. Yeah, and you know, I start get stuck in my own head in all the wrong ways. Mm. But I'm quite busy. If I'm just sat there watching Netflix for, you know, 20 hours, even though I do enjoy it, yeah. it, it does not, it doesn't rewire my brain and make my work, my brain sort of exercise in the same way as, okay, it's yeah. a Sunday. I want to chill out. Well, I've got to get these few hours of podcasting done to get this thing I love doing out. And then it makes the other thing more satisfactory. Yeah. So, I mean, the 
the D and D stuff we've got in front of us is kind of. I was building that yesterday while watching TV. Mm. Like I like watching. There's a couple of shows that I really really like mm. uh, watching and kind of having those on in the background while working mm. is really nice. Yeah. Um and. Obviously, and it's doing, rewarding. Yeah. Mm. Like it's the thing, and all of this, like podcasting. Even if you know that there have been moments where, like, you know, it's been two in the morning and something doesn't sound right, yeah. and it's like, oh god, I just kind of wish I, I wish this was, you know, I wasn't doing this, but I don't wish, you know. I wasn't doing it totally. It's just like, this is stressful. But then when you get it and it's mm. right, and it's like, oh my god, I'm really happy with that. And just yeah. sometimes it takes a re-listen to be like, oh my god, I really like that. Like mm. it's really weird. Like the other day, I was like. Beth, I really like this song. Like, this song. This one that I wrote for six months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot I wrote it, and mm. it's, I like it. I do. That, th- that's really, that's quite a proud moment to be, mm. like, listening to something as a listener and be like, I like that one. I mean, yeah. I like all of them, but, like, the, you know, so, like yeah. when one kind of jumps at me and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's that really with some of the conversations I have as well. Just mm. it's, it's a very similar thing, and it is in the same boat as you, because obviously I record my own idol with the editing and jazz so it is there have been times a couple recently where it's been very late on a Sunday night and I have to get up for work because I have a stand at 9 to 5 so I have to get up for work in like 7 hours and yeah. I'm and I'm editing something and there's some sort of audio issue that's happened or something yeah. else and things are just taking way longer than I expected and it's like I almost curse my past self like why did I do a podcast it's so much work and as soon as I finish it I go why would I think that I bloody love it you know yeah. and we've, we've definitely cursed our ambition a few times at being yeah. like oh we'll just we'll take a five week break and then do a next do the next series and actually that's not sustainable <laughs> and I want to keep making space junk as long as possible I, yeah. I love it it's and it, it like my favourite it will last thing. longer if we take longer breaks yes yeah, yeah. that's a good point and it, overworking yourself and making it like you're doing good things with the seasons of not mm. not making them too bloated in a sense like I don't think I don't think from what I've experienced none of your shows are bloated anyway mm. but maybe that's because you're like okay we're doing this have it there and then we'll stop doing that bit and do a bit of something else whereas if you are more we need 25 episodes every season they need to be half an hour long every time you would just dry yourselves out it's also this kind of i am from the sort of writer group who likes to cut things down Mm. i like things to be as spare as humanly possible um I've taken scripts from like 45 pages down to 10. Oh, nice. In Jesus. The past, just because the amount of stuff that people write that isn't actually necessary. Mm. Um, well, that doesn't mean it's bad. It yeah. just means that it's not com- contributing towards mm. what it, your target is. Cutting yeah. the fat in a way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just- or or it's, it's one of those things where, for example, some of the stuff covering in that we're covering in The Intern um, is kind of it's stuff that we could have put in season one as behind the scenes Ms. Lamb's office. Mm. But at the same time, it wouldn't have contributed to the story at that point. And it's Mm. kind of, it's a wider world thing, having offshoots rather than having everything in one big bloated story. Yeah. It's quite nice. You can afford to have little, little Easter eggs and Mm. little bits and pieces, but yeah, it's just, you don't want to have a five minute scene where they're just talking about a thing that won't come Mm. up for another. Yeah. Like Automaton's filing system. Yeah. Automicon's filing system is a big thing that I'm very happy about, but you'll have to read the book to find out what it is. I definitely will be doing that. Yeah. One of the things I like most about uh, your show is keep doing uh, keep doing parallels to it, but I'm going to keep up Star Sorry. Wars. Yeah. I, I, I bloody love Star Wars. So. Star Wars? <laughs> no, I just got tattooed for no reason. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, I I find that the thing I like most about Star Wars is the lore, is mm. the world of it. You know, you, people can just watch the movies and that can be enough. Other people can also watch the series, but then there's also the comics, the books, the games, etc. And with We Fix Space Junk, I feel like that's what's, it's still very young at the moment, but that's what you guys are doing. You've oh, got a like universe. The whole universe. Yeah, yeah, in your mind. And you've got, you've also got them, even though they're involving the same characters, at least at the moment, if this, like, shoot forward to 10 years down the line or something, if you're, if you haven't ventured into TV or animation or anything and you're still doing audio drama, you could have, you know, there's so many options you can have. You've got the intern book, obviously. I know <clears throat> you've got the mini series in between. You've got the main series. And from obviously just talking to you and what you can tell about the universe, there are so many uh, ends that you can go down yeah. that you've got. And there's history yeah. as well. Exactly. There's a lot of different bits of history that are kind of, I've popped little bits of it on Patreon in the past and I've kind of, there's, there are, there's a lot of reasoning behind different things that turn up there. Mm. Um, like Bruce, uh, the Bruce thing and the way that they... The alligator thing. Yeah, the alligator thing. The way that <laughs> movies work. Yeah. Um, are, are all kind of the things that I've expanded upon, not necessarily in the show, but I've got mm. kind of different things about it. And you kind of reward fans by... That's what I find about Star Wars is, you know, I find I feel rewarded when I read a comic. There's nothing to do with Darth Vader as an example. It's mm. nothing to do with him at all. But then there's one bit which has a little nod to one little thing. Mm. And then when you do an- read another bit of media, that links in again. And mm. then so being a fan and absorbing more of the content yeah. gets re- more rewarding for a lot of the main parts of it. Yeah, and I think the fact that I can do this all personally is it's really nice amazing. as well. It's just, it's, it's my universe that I'm in control of. And obviously, like, Headley is quite heavily involved as well. Hey. Uh, <laughs> we, we work together on a lot of things. It yeah. is best yeah. world. She creates it. And even if I've co-written an episode or I've made a tweak, yeah. um, it's it's really only... It's, it's me helping best yeah. world. Or, you, or, or occasionally breaking the world and forcing me to fix it in a... More frequently. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. As, as in kind of, so why is this there? And I'm like, just because it is... Uh, and then I have to fix it and figure out why something is a certain way. Yeah. That's uh, good. That's a good balance to have mm. between the two of you. And um, what I was going to say is, I had another uh, thing I was going to ask you about. We fix space junk. Right. Um, that, there you go. You've got it. Um, <laughs> see, the irony that I couldn't think of it and you yeah. could, but I'm asking you. I shouldn't have let you see those notes. Now it makes it seem like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, you could cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Well, honest, honesty is the best policy stuff. So yeah. Do you get writer's block very often out of interest? Not really. I I go periods without writing, but when I sit down to write, I it often just kind of all flows out. Is it more the opposite way around? Where sometimes it's like you don't have the breaks, where it's like you're writing so much and you've got so many ideas to put down. You're a bit like, mm. wait, I could almost just sit here for hours and hours and hours and just write and write and write. Yeah, I mean, I have had periods where it's been very hard to write. There's, mm. for example, the last scene of the uh, show we're doing live at Pod UK. Mm-hmm. Um, Edley just sort of came in and made some notes and suggested bits for it because I just got stuck. Mm-hmm. I'd written the rest of it and was like, yeah, okay, this is fine. Oh, there's this scene. I need this to happen. I don't know how to do it. Uh, and just kind of, there are bits like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the well, internal. That's pretty yeah. much all the bits I've written for the show have mm-hmm. been just like, like the, uh, Dyson Sphere episode mm-hmm. where yeah. it's just kind of like, Things need to happen in this episode. So I just went, blah, 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 and threw you a load of ingredients. Yeah. And then you baked them into the delicious pie that was <laughs> uh, season two, episode ten. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I I think there's there's a lot of collaboration in Space Junk, and it kind of, it's the collaboration that helps it to keep going. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and occasionally, like some some of my writing periods of it are completely insular, where I'll sit down and just be like, I wrote it, there it is. Um, but a lot of it is discussion, working together, making sure that it makes sense in world. Headley asking difficult questions that <laughs> I don't have the answer to, mm. uh, or I have to make up the answer to. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like even in the recording process, like we'll have actors in, and then either of us will notice. Can you say it this instead? Yeah, and then, oh yeah, that works much better. Yeah, like when you actually got someone there, mm. um, and then even in the edit, sometimes. Oh we'll, yeah, we change things, we'll tra- yeah. trim things down, and we'll take bits out. Yeah, and, and there are, there are a few kind of extras that are going to crop up over the next few months that are like the Gunswanton and Furks. Uh, the two politicians from the Lonely Ark. Gun Swanson and Folks, you say? Is yes. that a nudge to Parks and Rec? Uh, no. Because Ron Swanson in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Gun Swanson and Flux are just these these two politicians that are sort of part of the what? world of the oh, Lonely is that, Ark. Oh, is that, the, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, where it was, yeah, yeah, because the, the, that was, I They play by Felix and David Devereaux. Yeah, and they're both, they're both, it's, the, you have the, in, throughout the episode, like intertwining snippets of them. Yeah. Uh, We've got a politics. lot of that, and I'm gonna, we're gonna like crop it together and make. That's the thing some as well, improvisation. Mm. Like, it's really fun having improvisation. Yeah. Um, and. A lot of Haroldson is sort of improvised in that we kind of, I will come up with ideas in the session. Uh, sometimes James will as well, or, or we'll both suggest tweaks. Um, like, for example, Scorpions. Yeah. In Driving Lessons, the Scorpions. <laughs> Love it. Was an idea I had on the day. I was like, wait, can you just say Scorpions? <laughs> and then it just became more of a thing. Yeah. Just having the Scorpions. Okay, can you just find another button that says Scorpions? <laughs> um, which I really like as part of the process. That was well. the fun, in my opinion, that was my favorite episode, humor wise. I think to it's it the funniest. Quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, the, how, in that first recording for Marilyn's Diary, James came up with the voice for Harold's mm. and because he originally read Computer's first lines. I think we said something about, like, he's quite calm and sensible, you know, not too, like, over the top. He's like, and then as a joke, he read, like, the first few lines of, like, hello, Marilyn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, okay, that's an amazing voice. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And, and um, well, linking away with that, do you have, without obviously spoiling any of it, do you have like a general idea of the world? Say, obviously we're on series two, we just finished now. Have you got what's vaguely planned up to series five, six, seven, eight, or is it just one season ahead? Or are there just loads of pools of ideas of just things you kind of want to bring in? I think it's it's a case of loads of pools of ideas. I don't have a series end in right. mind. I don't, I don't have like a final, sort of final series in my head. I've just got kind of this is going to happen, and then this is going to we happen. We have lots of um, episode synopses yeah. floating around, and we also we know the world well enough to know what isn't going to happen, yeah, um, and things that will happen at some point, yeah, mm. so, and stuff that might possibly happen, or stuff that definitely will happen mm. eventually. Yeah, and I assume there's other things as well where you've had maybe an idea for Kilner and Sam to do something, and then maybe it's gone past the point where they could do that, but you could have a side story with mm. Jolt doing it or some other yeah. characters that you want to and bring the ca- in. And the characters also just massively develop when they are written and acted. Because, mm. I mean, yeah, Marilyn, for example, just sort of turned up. Yeah. Like, the the way that Marilyn's diary progressed was just so different from how I originally envisioned it. And she just became a whole new character. Yeah. And then that changed the she whole was, world. She wasn't even going to be, she was just going to be in one episode. Like a yeah, she was going to be in one episode. And then she was going to be a bad guy. Uh, oh, really? Not not a full bad guy, like a 
kind means of to an end sort well, of thing. Well, no, she was basically my original original idea was that she got obsessed with the idea of Jolt being like a sitcom dad. Right. So during the series, she would just be kind of like psychically influencing him mm. to make him more and more like a sort of nineteen. 19- 70s sitcom dab with a pipe and a sweater vest sort of thing. <laughs> I see, yeah. Um, and then I just realised that that was not who she was. Yeah. And that kind of cropped up almost as soon as Fran read the lines. I was like, no, this is a different character. This is more complex. This is more kind of... Adorable. Yeah, she's so adorable. I do. I love Marilyn. And one of the things I found was obviously with pretty much all of Space Junk, apart from the Yellow Submarine... Uh, it's all up to imagination of mm. the, the listener. But what I found is I went on your Instagram, the art one, and I saw your drawing of uh, Marilyn. And yes. I was like, that is actually spot on. That I wasn't even sure what I was thinking for Marilyn before I saw that. And now I see, I was like, no, that is, yeah. that is 100%. Like, I think when it comes to humans, people are a bit, because I imagine a lot of people kind of half see themselves in certain yeah. characters. That, that's, that's the only hesitation I have about animation mm. for it is that it would mean changing people's headcanons. Mm. And I, I'm basically... There, there's a reason I don't really describe characters very much. It's not that visual... Uh, I don't do that many explanations in the book either. Is like, for example, Muslam is short and pretty. That's her, that's her description. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... It's up to the listener to how they visualise that. Mm. That's um, why we didn't. Because there was original artwork or sketches that yeah. was the main picture for the show being two the two main characters. Yeah. But like they just what they it was just not uh, Yeah, it was just hard to get it how like, what I do wanted these people to be. actually look like and, yeah. and so many fan artists have done such good stuff. Yeah. That it's just like, really lovely to see other people's totally thoughts. different interpretations as well. Yeah. So yeah. The Marilyn's diary though, we thought that was going to be a bit of a stretch for yeah. She's a very specific a alien. Thing. <laughs> so giving an, a little view right at the beginning yeah, on the artwork. Wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I can see over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a, a pattern for a, a stuffed Marilyn toy. Oh, Just wow. For my own amusement more than anything else. Like, it wouldn't be commercially viable to make a Marilyn doll unless it massively took off. When? Uh, but making, <laughs> making a pattern that people can, like, download to mm. make one of their own is quite fun. Oh, yeah. Because uh, one, one of our fans also, Wart, um, who does. Uh, Crochet. No, I was going to say his oh. podcast. <laughs> oh, uh, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, Deus Ex Machina. There we go. Uh, Wart, who does Deus Ex Machina, also made a little Mar- Marilyn. Uh, Out of uh, what, plush or... Uh... Oh, uh, crochet. Oh, I see. Okay, that is yeah. amazing. She just looks so cute. That is, yeah. yeah. Mar- I remember thinking, when, especially when uh, Marilyn's already finished, I was just like, she she sounds like the kind of cute little character that you'd want to have around. Like, mm. Not only has she obviously got a lot of uh, strengths in a lot of ways, but she's also like a little cute thing yeah. just like oh i just want to cuddle it and like oh yeah i totally yeah. agree with there i mean i do love i just i love i love basically almost everything about sort of we fix space junk and the potential that it's got mm. and that obviously with you two being so passionate about it all it's it's incredible to see where things could go i yeah. suppose it's just you've got so much potential and because it's as you say it's a passion project it's it's going to be to the best quality, not because you've got some studio executive breathing down your neck telling you need to make it great and not because of any other reason, but yeah. also because you're both freelance and your own work, you can manage your own workload. And there's, cause is there, 
with this, is there's no release date for anything you've got coming out yet, is there? Or? No, just this year. Yeah, it's which is a good thing year. to do. A light. Yeah. So, so we need to get something out. Probably. That means we're not going to rush it. We're not going to mm. stress about it. Yeah. And it will actually be good because the thing is, I think the first series we were still finding our feet with some bits, and the second series, well, and the first series to an extent, we were up to the the deadline quite a lot. Mm. And I think. Although sometimes that's good to make sure it actually gets done. Yeah. Uh, some of it wasn't exactly how we wanted it, or it was a yeah. bit rough around the edges. So. Or we were just so tired. So yeah, we basically <laughs> told ourselves season three will not be released until it's finished. That's yeah. all of it's finished. Yeah, and and out of interest, because um, we've been chatting for about we've explained for quite a while now, so I'll, you know, it's a half an hour or so I start to wrap up. But I'm just interested in what some of your other. Um, so interesting stuff where like obviously we spoke about D&D and we spoke about you've got your hydraulic uh, robot arm and there's the solar hydraulic over there and just in this room is almost like a photo would be pretty apt to show people what you're kind of into but um, what sort of other stuff uh, do you do? I know me and Headley spoke about some of his uh, musical interests um, in the past and outside of We Fix Space Junk but with yourself is there what sort of things are you into generally? Well I really like laser cutting at the moment that's yeah. kind of I know I mentioned it already but I I'm really enjoying constructing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm contemplating uh, starting a small business making laser cut D and D stuff. Nice, nice. Um, just because there are there are a few people doing it, but kind of I've got my own designs which I like. Mm. And um, a lot of those people yeah. are in America, so yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people in America. <laughs> right, right. I see. Yeah, well, that'd be a good shout if yeah. if you ever did from that. Let me know. I'm, I'd I play D and D with the guys, so yeah. I'd happily uh, flog your stuff out there. Awesome. But what else? Because I know that. Influencing We Fix Space Junk, I know uh, Hitchhiker's Guide was a was a part of it. What else kind of have there been other shows or other books or other? Yeah, basically. So when I was a child, basically, yeah. I um, just developed insomnia. Mm. Part of being, I was quite a neurotic kid, not super happy, mm. just didn't really sleep, read a lot of books, uh, and I had insomnia until my mid twenties. Okay, wow. um, and I like had. Uh, I had medication that helped me to to teach me how to sleep, mm-hmm. uh, which is really helpful. I, I get a decent amount of sleep now, and it really, I, I'm much better for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I couldn't sleep before, um, I'd listen to a lot of audiobooks. Mm. In particular, there are a lot of audiobooks on LibriVox, right? Um, which is public domain. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and especially sci-fi, mm. because a lot of uh, sci-fi stories aren't uh they don't renew the copyright yeah uh so like ones that published in magazines yeah like short stories and mm. things like that yeah so i had a whole load of those that i downloaded um that i would listen to just back to back or there's a there's also gk chesterton's the man who was thursday right which is a very strange and silly book mm. uh read by a guy called zachary brewster guys right who i found out earlier this year passed away quite a long time ago huh um, which was very weird because obviously he never knew who I was. We had never had any contact, mm. but I listened to his voice like virtually every night for years. Okay. Um, so that was very strange. Well, so yeah, link into that thing we were talking about earlier, wasn't it? Mm. With the whole, we don't know what impact people have had in each other's lives. Mm. But yeah, there's also, cause there were writers like Harry Harrison on there. Mm. Um, and Obviously, Kurt Vonnegut. Right. Kurt Vonnegut is my favourite author. What um what uh, books has he written? Slaughterhouse Five is right. the biggest. I mean, it's very thin. It's quite a small book, mm. but it's the biggest in terms of large impact. Yeah, impact. I mean, I've I've read it 
probably about a hundred times. Oh, wow. I, I don't normally reread books. Mm, I'm not one for rereading generally. Mm, but um, I, it's only about half an inch thick, half an inch, quarter of an inch thick. It's, so it's, like the Hobbit sort of thickness book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I've read it so many times and every time it makes me cry. Right. Once I got a train back from Edinburgh, my laptop ran out of battery and I read it three times back to back. Oh, wow. Yeah, just because it's that good a book. Mm. I don't think I've even heard of it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, it's amazing. Lack of sci-fi knowledge. It's really gorgeous. It's a fantastic book. Yeah. So is it mainly the sci-fi books that you've read that have kind of influenced uh, We Fix Space Junk and other general parts of your life? I think Terry Pratchett was quite heavily mm. uh, influential in my sense of humour. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's not sci-fi, he's fantasy, but... Um, well, I think sci-fi and fantasy link up very well. Oh, God, they're, they're, yeah, they're very interconnected worlds. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's basically, I think the thing that makes, uh, especially nowadays, uh, most things bigger is the lore. Like, mm. Marvel Cinematic Universe is a prime example. It's yeah. one of the most profitable film franchises on the whole planet. Yeah, as I well love as, a bit of lore. Just, yeah. just like, the expanded universe of everything is so fun to me and really interesting. Like, I'd love to see We Fix Space Junk comics mm. um there's kind of there's a lot of different side yeah, stories you could and have stuff. so many different mm. stories and that could be a way around if anyone ever did an animation and we were worried about head cannons you mm. could do one other two different with them and in the same universe yeah that that's there's so many different things you can do you can even do multiverse do what like a lot of the marvel series do mm. which is like there's loads of different versions of Kilner and oh Sam. Oh, God, that would be too complicated. It would be, but you have like a, some, 10 years down the line when you're making loads of money and we fix Space Junk is the biggest thing in the whole world and you can do you can go into I'll a multiverse. Just have more repairmen, it'll be fine. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of repairmen. Yeah. Uh, they have thousands of them. Yeah, so. I can imagine. And obviously, without giving them all warp drives, obviously you'd need more and more because the amount of time it takes to fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are cheaper than warp drives. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Um, I'm trying to think, like, with... I think that's more or less everything I've kind of uh, spoken about that I wanted to ask you about. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to send out to the guys in oh. audio land. You can take a long pause if you want. I can cut it out. <laughs> I love you all. You're all fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> our, our fans make me happy every day. Uh, the community that I'm part of is stunning and wonderful and such a positive place. Uh, I love you all. And if you're a fan of Mike's and have never heard of us, this must have been a very confusing... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A very odd podcast, but I'm sure I'll preface it at the start. I'm sure a lot of people will... Hopefully a lot of people will listen to this and hear how passionate you're both about this and go back to the one and listen to the one I did with Headley and then it'll get more people to listen to your show. And if anyone is... This, this is the first casual chit-chat, go back and listen to the others. Then Mike yeah. has had some really great conversations with lots of people. So, um Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I love you both. It's great to have you both on. And, um, I look forward to all the future sort of we speak, we fix space junk stuff. And I'm sure I'll have you on the show in the future as well. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, let you know what, how the next series goes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And, um, wonderful. Thanks for coming on, guys. I think I'll close it off now. Awesome. Thanks. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Um, as I said at the start, there is another podcast with, Headley of We Fix Space Junk that I think you should have heard like chatting in this part especially a bit more because obviously when I chatted with Beth even though it was primarily around Beth Headley was also there um, but yeah I chatted to Headley many months before this was recorded which I think was recorded like January time uh, so it was recorded I think the one with Headley was recorded in the 
I want to say October before that or something around that time, but it was episode 40, so be sure to go check that out if you want more information, behind-the-scenes nonsense about We Fix Space Junk, and with Headley, it's, he talks a little bit more about the sort of sound engineering side and music and that sort of jazz too. As I also spoke about, there's a We Fix Space Junk novella out called Automnicon, The Intern. I'll include a link to Battlebird Productions, um, and that will have information on it and that sort of jazz as well. As you can already tell, I'm slowly losing my insanity. My nose is very clearly blocked up, and my outros, if you are not already accustomed to the show, they are just a rambly mess. The intros try and keep it kind of together a little bit, but the outros, I kind of just try to keep talking so I don't actually have to edit it too much because this is usually the last thing I do before I release the episode and then usually go to sleep because it's quite late. But a few more things to add. <laughs> Essentially, uh, as I had the episode, um, the last episode I released, number 60, it was with Alton Wheelhouse of Dimensions, the new RPG game, tabletop RPG, similar in the sort of scheme to Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm to completely destroying the pitch for this, so I do apologise, but like uh, they're doing, they've got a Kickstarter at the moment, they really appreciate anyone trying to help them achieve any of their Kickstarter goals, I think it could be something huge with the way he's talking about it, Alton does in his chat, um, you can look at Dimensions the Game online, various different places, and if it does seem like something to be interesting to you, you can click my affiliate link, which is in the description of the show, um, it just means if you do fund through Kickstarter, I get a small percentage of that, if you're not comfortable doing that, or you don't want to, that's completely fine, I would much rather you go and fund the thing and I don't get any money for it then you don't fund it at all so I just thought I'd throw that in there too coming up I believe next week will likely be part one of my chat with Rochelle Lawson uh, she's an incredible individual who has got lots to say about lots of things and does loads she used to be a nurse for many years she's gone to holistic stuff a little bit more um, she's got a podcast she's got several books it's a really really interesting person we had a lovely chat um, so that should be released next week I believe it might be one that I'm recording in a couple of days it might not be who knows at this time not me so that's what's going on at the moment in all honesty, that's, I think, the only podcast I've got recorded at, at this time. I think when this airs, there should also be, actually, the... I guessed it on a show called Comics in Motion, and basically we reviewed the movie Dread. Um, we had loads of fun doing it. Um, I've had... I think I've played Comics in Motion promo a couple of times. If anyone's familiar with the Brit pod scene, which is a part of the pod scene that myself and also We Fix Space Junk are a part of, um, it's just British pod podcasters in this little group that like to collaborate with each other and do things for each other etc etc um so comics emotion is also part of the brit pod scene so you know go check out brit pod scene if you haven't already because there's loads of great things on there but yeah as i said that dread thing uh comics and motion is the name of the podcast i guess it will be the most recent episode which is dread i can't remember what the number of that is i think it's around like 76 or so um if you're listening to this episode far past the uh, release date of this actual episode and you want to check out the Comics in Motion thing, um, I should be able to include a link somewhere. Um, it may not be in this episode, it might be in the, the next one, or I may have to sort of back add it, because if it hasn't been sort of uh, released as of yet, then I wouldn't have the link for it, obviously. So yeah, that's basically everything going on, on my end. Got loads of chats uh, scheduled for recording. Um, hopefully they'll all go through because otherwise I'll have to start getting other guests on. Like friends. And who needs friends? Oh no, it's happening again. I'm ranting at the end and nothing's really being spoken about. I'm sorry guys, I'm delirious and hay fever's been getting me and I spent too much time in the sun today. And uh, well, if anyone follows me on Instagram, little plug for that, you know, genuine underscore chit chat. You'll see some of the things I've been up to. Generally, my, I update my Instagram story usually on the weekend like once or twice i guess uh, and i do post episode snippets movie reviews and other stuff so 
blah, 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 self-promotion, blah, 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 all that jazz. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you listening, especially right up to the end, you know, and sharing the show really makes a big sort of impact as well. So thanks as always, guys, and I'll talk to all of you next week. Hello, Traveller. My name is Alton, and I'm the lead architect and game designer for Dimensions, the D6 RPG. I'm so excited to let you know that our Kickstarter has finally gone live, and that you can not only support us, but also this show by checking us out in the link provided here in the description. I am so excited to see what you're able to do with our system, designed to help new players learn how to play and experienced players learn how to teach and enroll new players into the games that we love. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey, for supporting us and this program, and make sure to check us out at dimensions.games if you're looking for more information. With that being said, I look forward to joining you in Worlds Without End. Thank you.